0: many are forgiven, for she loved much. But to whom little is forgiven, the same loves little. Then he said to her, Your sins are forgiven. And those who sat at the table with him began to say to themselves, Who is this who even forgives sins? Then he said to the woman, Your faith has saved you. Go in peace. Thank you, Lord. As I began preparing you that I'll be sharing today on United Methodist Women's Sunday, I began to look in the Bible and I knew that I wanted to share something about a woman in the Bible, a ministry that they'd done. And I chose this passage that's found here in Luke, the seventh chapter. The title of the sermon this morning is Great Love, Great Love. And uh, every church that I have served, without exception, has always had a remnant of women. That uh, led the way in servant ministry and missions. And that's the case here at Gadsden First. We have wonderful groups of United Methodist women to serve. And uh, I am indeed grateful. They do so many things. Um, a few weeks ago, Karen Owen came running down the hallway here, put this on, put this on. Y'all know that they're selling that cream. They've created this stuff. So, you know, of course, so I rubbed it and then I immediately, oh, golly, my hands are burning. What is this? You know, so. Uh, Thank you for supporting United Methodist Women, all of you, and not only have I had wonderful ladies at every church, but also that remnant of godly men as well, but today we honor and remember the United Methodist Women. Luke, the seventh chapter, I'm going to read the entire story, verse 36 all the way through 50. Then one of the Pharisees asked Jesus to eat with him. Now, Jesus had spoken there in the synagogue, and it was customary to, to ask the guests to come, and So, and he went to the Pharisee's house, and he sat down to eat. And behold, a woman, a woman in the city who was a sinner. When she knew that Jesus sat at the table in the Pharisee's house, she brought an alabaster flask of fragrant oil, and she stood at his feet behind him weeping. And she began to wash his feet with her tears and wiped them with the hair of her head and she kissed his feet and anointed them with fragrant oil let me stop right there and just remind you that even still customary in the Middle East their tables are not like ours today but would be a table that was very low to the ground and they generally would sit down around the table kind of with their feet tucked in up underneath behind them and so more than likely that's the way Jesus was at the table and this woman comes up she's coming in kind of behind him and she's weeping and then she gets down and she begins to let her tears drop on his feet and then she took her own hair. So you see how close she was and she began to kiss his feet and rub her tears, mixed in with the dust on his feet with her hair and then she took that oil and she mixed it in. Often wondered the look on Jesus' face. I wonder what he thought. I wonder if he made any expression or if he just kept a straight face the whole time because you and I, it would make us very uncomfortable if someone started doing that to us in the presence of a whole bunch of people. And you know everybody's eyes are watching this woman and also watching what Jesus is going to do. So here's the rest of the story after she does this. Now when the Pharisee who had invited Jesus saw this, he said to himself, he spoke to himself and he thought, This man, if he were a prophet, he would know who and what manner of woman this is who's touching him, for she's a sinner. Now that's twice it's mentioned that she's a sinner. We're not even given her name. But twice she's labeled as a sinner. Well, I got news for you. We are all in that same category. For all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. So if we had been in the scene, if we were the ones there crying at Jesus' feet and kissing his feet, that would be an introduction that we could have to a sinner. I know they implied some deeper things, but this is what he was thinking. So he thinks this, and Jesus, perceiving it, turns and answered and said to him, Simon, I have something to say to you. So he said, teacher, say it. He said there was a certain creditor who had two debtors. One owed 500 denarii and the other one 50. And they... And when they had nothing with which to repay, he freely forgave them both. Tell me, tell me, Simon, therefore, which of them will love him more? Simon answered and said, well, I I suppose the one whom he forgave more. Jesus said to him, you have rightly judged. And I like the way Jesus did this. He turned to the woman. He turns and looks at the woman kind of behind him. But he addresses Simon. He's still speaking to him. So he turns to the woman, but he said to Simon, Do you see this woman? I entered your house. You gave me no water for my feet, which was customary in that day. They should have already offered that to Jesus. But I entered your house. You gave me no water for my feet. But she has washed my feet with her tears, and she's wiped them with the hair of her head. You gave me no kiss. This woman has not ceased to kiss my feet. Since the time I came in, you did not anoint my head with oil, but this woman has anointed my feet with fragrant oil. for I say to you, her sins, which are many, are forgiven, for she loved much. But to whom little is forgiven, the same loves little. Then he said to her, your sins are forgiven. And those who sat at the table with him began to say to themselves, who is this who even forgives sins? said to the woman, your faith has saved you, go in peace, your faith has saved you, don't underestimate how important your faith is, this passage in Luke to me is a very beautiful one, there's no way in just a few moments I can speak to you everything that's in here, so I hope that you'll wrestle with the Holy Spirit over what he's trying to teach us here, it's much deeper that I can give to you. Nonetheless, a beautiful, beautiful story. As well as identifying the one who is the source of forgiveness, it illustrates the loving act of this woman, whom, again, we don't even know her name. We learn a profound truth that a person who has experienced great forgiveness responds in great love. But anybody should respond in love toward Jesus if they've been forgiven. So I want to ask you a question. Have you been forgiven by Jesus? Jesus I'm going to assume that that's a bad thing to do that everybody has you've had a moment with Jesus and you've repented and and you've asked him to forgive because we're all sinners just like her if you have not 1 John 1 9 if we confess our sins he is faithful and just to forgive us of our sins and to cleanse us from all of our unrighteousness you could ask him now forgive you. Repent of your sins and ask him to forgive you. Most of us though probably in your mind you thought yes I I accept that. I have been forgiven. Next question if you have been forgiven do you respond to him with great love? That's what we learned from this woman. She was grateful. She was thankful to be forgiven. She was only known as a sinner but now She's known as one who's saved. She was grateful. she was thankful. My first experience with women from the church that I grew up in at Red Hill, United Methodist Church out on Ivory Road, headed to Gallup. It was a Saturday, I'm about five years old, and I had a run-in with women from the church. They were all coming to my house. My mother had invited a group of ladies to the church I mean to the, our house on a Saturday. I was outside playing. Now, I've heard Mother tell the story, but I do remember bits and pieces, but her telling the story has reminded me through the years. But I'm outside playing. I'm having a great time. And Mama says, there's women from the church are coming. You've got to come inside. You've got to clean up. You've got to take a bath. And you've got to put on your good clothes. Oh, God, them women, God, why are they coming to my house? you know, all my mind, I'm thinking all that. I go inside. I, I had some things to say, Mother. Hushed that down and I ended up, I'm in there and I'm fixing to get ready, but I'm still just mad. And I think I'm in Mama's and Daddy's bedroom, I think where it actually happened. I've got to change clothes, Mama's got them laid out there. There's a shoe, I think it was Dad's shoe, but it was a a heavy dress shoe. I decided I'd just throw it because I'm mad. I was going to hit the wall with it or the Chester drawers or something and I let it go. But I didn't hit the wall and I didn't hit the Chester drawers. I hit a window, just shattered it out, and there with the shoe right through the window. And I experienced in that moment the fear of God and the fear of Mama the fear of Daddy. And, you know, I'm hoping they didn't hear that. And I'm just standing, I will go, please, God, please, Lord. Of course, they come in. And I'm sure I got a whipping. I don't exactly remember water or Hickory One. But anyway, so that, that was my first experience with women from the church. But since then, I have been so blessed with some godly, godly women in my life. Three of them, most of my growing up years, were great-grandmothers. Mama. Mamaw lived till I was on up in my 20s. In fact, we've got a picture when Dave was born of five generations with Mamaw. Mama lived in Ivyly out close to us. Also, Grandmother Norton, she lived right there nearby too. Grandmother Norton only had one eye. You don't have to know this story, but anyway, she would take that eye. She had a glass eye. We thought it was the coolest thing. We, we'd bring our friends over and beg her to take that eye out so they could see it. It was great. But both of these, and then my grandmama, Mama Green, lived in North Carolina, but she would come and stay during the summers with my grandmother begged and uh, three great grandmothers who loved Jesus. For those of you who know where Camp Sumatonga is and you've been out there, you may recall that the old pool camp where the old kitchen was, women would come and cook. Well, two of those women that cooked for like 25 years was Mama and my grandmother Norton. And if you've got a cookbook from Camp Sumatanga, there's a picture in there and you will see listed Miss Mae Norton and Miss Lizzie Powell. That's my that's my great-grandmamas. And then I had grandmother Beck and Granny Granny Powell live right close to us. Both of them kept us at different times and loved us, and I'm so blessed And I have a mama that just loves Jesus. Mama had to go to Kirkland Clinic this week. We didn't find out a whole lot of details. This was on Thursday. She's had a rough year, and she's going to hear this. But I I called and asked her again about an experience that I remembered her sharing with my sister and I. Mama was about 28 years old, so I'm I'm about 8 years old at this time, but she shared with us from different times, even as growing up, an experience that God baptized my mother in love. That's the way she best way she could describe it. Baptized, anointed, filled. And uh, she shared that with Pam and I. And I remember mother saying that God, God's hand is the best way she could describe it, was on me such that God's love was being poured out. She knew it was the love of God, but she had to ask God to take his hand off. Because it was so overwhelming. Dwight L. Moody has a similar testimony, just the love. God had to ask him to stay his hand I've had some godly women Now I'm married to a very godly woman The bride of my youth I'm blessed with women who Put their love and place their love Toward Jesus Christ And I saw this as an example Romans 5, 5 says Now hope does not disappoint Because the love of God The love of God has been poured out In our hearts By the Holy Spirit Who was given to us You want a great love? Ask the Holy Spirit to pour into you the love of God. I learned that from my mama. This passage here, the scene is typical. Probably there's a a veranda, a patio, and they've invited the guest preacher to come. And and so the inner court and those who were invited to sit down and eat, uh, they were close to the table. And then many of the town people would come and listen in to what else the guest's The guest might say or something, and so many people are around, including this woman. And so, verse 40 and 43, we're not told how she came to understand the offering of forgiveness of Christ. But apparently, she had already experienced it. She had met Jesus before. And all we can say is that she has obviously heard the gospel, she's responded to it, and now she is overflowing. She's overflowing. To remember that overflowing with gratitude Simon didn't wash Jesus' feet on entering his house which was actually an insult he, he didn't greet Jesus with a kiss he didn't, he, didn't, he didn't give him something to anoint himself, to freshen himself up which was customary, but the woman did all these things but she did it with Jesus' feet such love her love for Jesus because that's where it was directed all her love was directed toward Jesus That love for Jesus was more important than what everyone thought. Is your love for Christ that great? Are you thankful that you've been forgiven? Are you thankful that you've been redeemed? I want to ask you to do something for me today and then perhaps over the next few days. By the way, it's a great thing to do for a lifetime. But will you this afternoon, or possibly tonight before you go to bed? Um, just take some time and thank Jesus for forgiving you. I've been practicing it myself a lifetime, but I've I've done a little extra of it over the last few days. The Bible teaches us that being thankful and having a grateful heart can change your perspective and attitude about everything. I want you to just take time over the next day or two and just spend some time alone with Him and thank Him. Thank Him. Thank Him. That He's forgiven you. And I believe what will happen is you'll just fall more in love with Jesus. Let's pray together. God, we thank You for this Word. We thank You for this woman. We don't even know her by, we don't even know her name. But I thank you that one day, one day we'll get to meet her and thank her for for sharing such a beautiful act of overflowing gratitude and overflowing love. God, help us to be thankful that we are forgiven. We praise you today and we love you, Jesus, for what you've done for us. And thank you that you've redeemed us and forgiven us. For we pray this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen and amen. She was no longer the same, this woman. Because of the grace of God. Our closing hymn is hymn number 156. I love to tell the story. Let's stand together and sing all four verses. Hymn.